What's up, New York Giant fans? This is Patricia Trena uh, with a special bulletin before we get into today's regularly scheduled programming. Yesterday announced by NFL Network's Mike Garofolo that Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard has agreed to terms on a new four-year, $41 million contract extension. So basically, uh, according to various reports from ESPN and the NFL Network, the deal includes $21.3 million in guaranteed money, and it is an extension, which basically means that Shepard will be signed through 2023. So he will play out the final year of his rookie deal, which is, is this year, 2019, and uh, then he will get an additional four years tacked on to that, bringing him through 2023. Um, in terms of money and the effect on the cap, I haven't seen the numbers yet, but um, Shepard was due to count for $1.891 million against this year's cap. And of that, there was a $1.26 million base salary. So without seeing the numbers, but just kind of guessing here, what the Giants will probably do is they probably lowered that base salary to the minimum for, for a uh, fourth-year player. And um, they gave, made up for it by, you know, giving him the signing bonus. And again, we don't know what the signing bonus is, but the signing bonus will be prorated over the life of the deal. So that means that some of the signing bonus will go into this year's cap and then be prorated over the next four years as well. So, you know, again, I don't have the actual breakdown of the contract. When I get it, I will pass along whatever information I have. Um, but uh, Sterling Shepard signed to a contract extension, and uh, I'll try and break that move down for you at some point. I have um, some articles that I'm working on regarding that, so you'll be able to find that when I post them. And make sure you're following me on Twitter, at Patricia underscore Trina, and that's where you'll be able to find those articles when they are ready. Now, let's jump right into our regularly scheduled podcast. It is a Twitter Thursday, and I hope you enjoy the program. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and I'm here today on a Twitter Thursday, my favorite feature. Love doing these mailbags with you guys every week. And sure enough, you always come through with some great questions. And uh, just want to thank everybody who participates in the Twitter Tuesday, Twitter Thursday uh, features. And uh, know that I try and get to all the questions that I receive. Sometimes I get duplicates. Sometimes the questions come in uh, too late. Sometimes they're not tagged as P train. So I don't always see, you know, some of the questions. So just a reminder. 
reminder, if you are asking a question, want to take part in Twitter Tuesday, Twitter Thursday, that you tag them, ask P-Train so that I see them. Uh, before I get into this week's questions, and I have about two dozen here that I'm going to answer, just a programming note, I have a very special guest on the program with me for Friday, Michael Lombardi, who is a three-time uh, Super Bowl executive, former NFL GM, is my special guest on Friday's show. And this was, show actually came about thanks to a reader's, uh, um, I'm sorry, thanks to a listener's suggestion. Steve and Gina out in California wrote to me earlier in the week, suggested, suggesting that I have a former GM come on the program and talk about setting up the draft and how it works and the behind the scenes stuff. So I reached out to Michael Marty. He was kind enough to come on the program and he gave some really, really good stuff. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. It's really worth it. Uh, we talked giants, we talked, you know, drafting philosophies. We talked about the Patriots and how they kind of do things and how that's kind of the model for some teams now in the NFL. So I really hope you guys will check out that interview because it was tremendous. And thanks to Steve and Gina for the idea. And if you guys out there have an idea for a podcast, you know, send it to me. Uh, you can email me at LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet it to me if you'd like. Either way works. Um, and if I can make it happen, I'll make it happen. Okay, folks, so on that note, let's get into our Twitter Thursday mailbag. And we're going to start off with a question from... Booker, who wants to know, with the approaching end of the collective bargaining agreement, should teams consider a potential work stoppage within their free agency and draft plans? And does prior history give us any clues? Booker, no, it, it, it has nothing to do with it. I mean, the only thing that changes is in the final year of the, um, of the CBA, some of the, the uh, rules that are in place for the salary cap are suspended. Like, for example, there's no 30% rule. Um, I think there's, I'm trying to think, there's a couple of others off the top of my head. I can't think what they are. I know the 30% rule goes away. Oh, there's going to be um, the use of the, the uh, franchise tag and the transition tag next year. But depending, you know, the stoppage, you know, if there is a stoppage in 2021, that's not going to affect what teams are going to do, which, it, you know, it. It is what it is. You just got to assume that you're going to have a 2021 season and it's going to be business as usual and not really worry about that. But thank you for that question. It's a different question. Kelly Fisher has a couple questions. Wants to know, why would we take another quarterback in the late rounds when we have one on the roster right now? Um, either draft a high quarterback or wait. Kelly um, Pat Shermer has said that he likes to have quarterbacks, he likes to take them, and he likes to try to develop them. You never know what you're going to get, okay? So um, it's it's kind of like, I know this is like a bad comparison, but it's like you buy a pair of shoes, and the shoes, you know, you wear them for a little while, and you find out that they don't quite fit your lifestyle. They're not as comfortable as you would like them to be. So what do you do? Even though those shoes are still relatively new, you go out and you buy a new pair of shoes and you wear those and maybe those turned out to be your favorite pair the pair that you go to all the time so um, it's kind of the same thing with a quarterback you know you draft a quarterback and you see if he can develop into the guy that you you know that you want to develop 
to run your offense. And if he doesn't, if something goes wrong, you know, he doesn't show the, the commitment or whatever the case may be, you go to another guy and you bring that competition in and let them compete. So that's pro- the reason behind, you know, constantly drafting quarterbacks. It's not necessarily a bad thing unless you only have a limited number of picks. When you have 12 draft picks, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, like I said. Um, and then let's see, you also said, why don't, why did the Giants not understand position value? Quarterback is number one, followed by edge rushers. So it matters who they draft and when disagree, Kelly, it's all about best player available. You know, yes, quarterback is a, is an important position. So is edge rusher, but you know, it depends on the system, you know, and and James Betcher's system. Yes. Edge rusher would be great to have, but there are other ways that they can generate a pass rush and not necessarily off the edge. So it really, really depends. Um, and you know, as far as quarterback being number one, yes, I could see why you would make that argument, but then you also have to say that left tackle is important. So too is, you know, having a good, uh, cover cornerback. So it, it all factors in Kelly. It's a team game. And I, I just don't think, you know, one position should take uh precedent over the other. All right, next question comes from M. Israel, Boo Butt TV guy. And he wants to know, uh, with the second pick being as high as it is, it's basically a a, a third first-round pick. Who do you think are the realistic targets there? Greer, Brown, or do you think they go D? Um, let's see. Uh, I think in the, well, actually, let me take the first round. In the first round, I think they're going to go defensive, uh, a defensive player, probably defensive line at number six. At 17, I'm thinking they will probably go uh, offensive tackle if an offensive tackle slides down to them, which I think they will happen uh, if there is a run on defensive player. As far as the uh, second round pick, uh, that's a toss-up. That's tough. I don't think they're going to spend that on a quarterback. Um, if I had to take a guess, I would say probably either a corner or possibly a receiver. Although I think with a receiver, they'll probably try and get somebody later on. So actually scratch that. I don't think it's going to be a receiver in the second round. I think it's going to be a cornerback or maybe a linebacker. So I'm going to say defense with that, you know, first pick in the second round could also be in an offensive lineman, another offensive lineman. If they don't get, you know, an offensive tackle at 17, maybe they go for a center. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a quarterback uh, in the second the second round. I think it's going to be either offensive line, either a center or ta- or uh, a cornerback. Next question comes from Chris Marmo. Are the Giants offseason moves any indication of their support of Eli Manning or another quarterback in the near future? In other words, do you think they're trying to build around him again like they did last season or for one for one last ditch effort at the Super Bowl, Chris. I think it's it's a combination of both. They're putting good players in there to help Eli Manning, but also they realize that you know Eli's time is coming to a close. You know he's he's not going to be the quarterback forever, contrary to what you know some of us might think. And I think you know they're they're putting some of these players and piece and pieces in uh, place 
so that when the next quarterback comes in, hopefully he'll have a solidified offensive line. Hopefully he'll have an established receiving core. Hopefully he'll have a good defense who can, you know, stop the opponent and get them good field position. So I think it works all hand in hand. I don't think this is exclusively moves that are being made for Eli Manning. It's for now and it's for the future. Next question comes from Joe six seven seven six nine one zero three. Wants to know if the Giants are truly interested in quarterback this year. It would make sense to give up a second and a lower round pick if necessary to get Rosen, if available, rather than giving up a first for a quarterback that may or may not become a starter. Remember, Rosen played over Bradford. Do you agree? Um, I don't agree in giving up a second round pick. I know there's some out there that, that think that would be the way to go. I think if if it were me, I would see if the Cardinals would take a third round pick, my third round pick, and maybe a conditional three in next year's draft. If Rosen were my answer. I don't know that Rosen is their answer. Um, you know, I think the move makes sense, but will they make that move? That I can't say, folks. Um, I, you know, I see the logic in it. I see where it can make sense, but I'm not 100% sold that they're going to make that move. And I just have a gut feeling that, that Washington is just going to come up with a better offer and just, you know, beat them to the punch on that. So we'll see if that happens, but I, I, you know, I'm not optimistic right now that they're going to get Rosen. Now, maybe that will change in the next couple of weeks. But right now, I'm not optimistic that's going to happen. Next question comes from Oscar Nieves Martin, Martyr, excuse me, who gives me a fact or fiction question. Wants to know if someone on the Giants will have double-digit sacks. I'm going to go fiction, Oscar. The reason why I'm going to go fiction is because... If the Giants get the pieces they need in the front seven, I think you're going to see a situation where the pass rush is going to come from multiple people. So it's not going to be all about it has, you know, for example, Lorenzo Carter is going to have to do all the work or Marcus Golden is going to have to do all the work. I think you're going to see also um, the defensive interior guys are going to do some of the work. You're going to see some cornerback blitzes some safety blitzes. I, th I think the idea is to get pressure to come from all angles. So if that is the case and they share that pass rush, uh, I, I think it's going to be kind of hard for them to get one player to double digits in sacks. Next question comes from Marbles108. In doing your evaluation, do you see any day three cornerbacks and safeties? Um, me personally, I don't know. But I mean, I'm sure there are. Um, but I'm curious to see how many day three picks the Giants actually leave themselves with because I do believe they're going to trade around the board to, to move up in certain rounds. Like I was saying before, I could see a scenario where maybe the Giants spend a second round pick on a cornerback if there is one there, if one falls to them. Um, I have a, a name in mind, but you guys are just going to have to wait until I sit down and do my mock draft for the Giants. So um, we'll see if that happens. Uh, next question comes from Bull Bittler. Wants to know, given Gettleman's demand to have um, Jabril Peppers involved in the trade with the Browns, could Jabril be deemed the same for the same safety backer role like Dion Buchanan played in Betcher's defense? No, I, I don't think that's the role he's going to play. You're talking about the money backer. I, I don't think that's going to be his role. 
I think what Jabril Peppers is going to bring to the table is a little bit more versatility than maybe what they had last year. Um, Peppers can cover. You know, he's not the best cover safety in the world, but he can cover. Uh, and, you know, based on his numbers, I think he can cover a little bit better than Landon Collins did. He's also a very good box safety, and he's he's a, a punt returner. So I think those are going to be his primary roles with this team. All right, folks, you're listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trainer. We're on a Twitter Thursday. We're going to take our first break, come back, answer more of your questions. So do stay with us. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. You're on a Twitter Thursday, and I am Patricia Traina. I'm going through your fantastic questions. Really, I, you know, I say this every week, but I do mean it. You guys really come through for me when I call for questions, and I really do thank you for taking the time to write, and hopefully I got to everybody who asked the question. Um, make sure you help me out here. Make sure you tag them, ask P train. That's how I'm going to find them. I just click on that little handle and, and boom, all the questions come up and I go right down the line. So do make sure you include that. If you are tweeting a question to me, or if you definitely want to make sure that I see a question, you can also uh, email it to locked on giants podcast at gmail.com. And speaking of email, we have a question that was uh, submitted by email, and I missed this one. Actually, this was submitted at the beginning of the month. Um, this one is from Eric. Wanted to know with the with the failure of the AAF, do you think there was any chance of an NFL minor league system ever being able to sustain? And um, he also asked, do you know NFL teams dedicated scouts to this league to find any potential second chance talents? Uh, to your second question, Eric, I think yes. I think scouts are always checking things out, especially with rival leagues. Regarding your first question, that's a, that's a tough one. I think, you know, I think ideally they would like to put something in place. I just don't know that that they have um you know logistics in place as to, as to you know what the minor league would be. I mean, a lot of people say that college football is is the minor league system of the NFL. I don't think that that is necessarily the case. But, um, you know, I think it's more of a developmental, you know, league, if you will, for lack of a better term. But, yeah, I think it would be interesting if they could do something like that. Now, you know, is the logistics going to be there? That's going to be tough given how, you know, short an NFL career is. And if you think about it, you know, if you think in baseball, sometimes got, you know, prospects will sit in the farm system for years. And I'm talking, you know, longer than the average NFL career. So, I just don't know that it's going to be feasible. I mean, would I like to see it? Absolutely. But, you know, is it going to be feasible? That remains to be seen. Okay, another email question uh, coming from Charlie Hanlon. Probably no relation to Pat, I would think. Um, But he wants to know, Giants reportedly do not have enough cap room at the moment to sign their draft pick. How do you think they'll create uh, space for the draft class? Uh, Charlie, if they need to, um, what they will do is they will restructure some contracts. They will take um, bo- uh, the base salaries of certain guys and convert it to bonus money and um, 
probably, you know, spread that over the life of the contract, what's left of it. It'll raise the cap hit slightly moving forward, but there's a way to certainly do that. There's also a possibility that, you know, they make a trade. You know, maybe they move Janoris Jenkins, for example, you know, because if they get a cornerback that they feel can be a starter right away, you know, maybe they look to move him. So there are ways to get it done. And, um, you know, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll they'll come up with the cap space they need to sign their um, their draft picks. All right, going back to the Twitter questions now. Steve Henning wants to know Locke or Jones and how did they get him? Um, they draft them. <laughs> uh, no, seriously. Uh, I think if it comes down to Locke or Jones, and, and I, I want to preface this by saying I do not think the Giants are going to take a quarterback in the first round. But if it comes down to Locke or Jones, I think they will go with Locke. And I think they will probably sit tight at 17 and have and see if he falls down to them there. But again, I am not convinced they are going to take a quarterback in the first round. Um, you know, will they take a quarterback at some point in this draft? My guess is they will. I do not think it'll be in the first round. Uh, at least that is not the indication I am getting right now. Will that change? Again, uh, we can always revisit this question again, but as of right now, when I as I record this, I don't think that is the direction they, they are leaning in. Next one comes from uh, David Tang. Having fun with mock drafts on the Draft Network, and that 95th pick is tough. Any ideas on who they might pick there? Um, don't know. I, I've run some mock drafts, uh, simulations. I really don't know. Um, that's where you kind of enter uncharted territory and you, your guess is as good as mine. And you know, the, you know, the, even the most seasoned draft analysts. So I haven't really thought about it. I mean, the mistake I know I sometimes make when I do my mock drafts is I draft based on need. And, you know, that's not the way teams do it. So it, it's kind of hard to tell. Um, but hey, listen, I'm going to try a Giants mock draft at some point and I'll, we'll see what I come up with and you can check that out and you can let me know if you agree or disagree with the pick. All right. Next question is from Peyton Combs wants to know the over under on the chances on the Giants drafting three offensive linemen. I'm going to go with the under, I'm going to say two. And I'm going to say they'll probably bring in a bunch of offensive linemen in, you know, as undrafted free agents to try out for the team. NYG fan in Charlotte, CLT, I assume that, that that's Charlotte. Uh, how important is it that Gettleman picks? Uh, let, wait, let me see this. Hold on. How important is it to Dave Gettleman that picks 6, 17 and 37 start this year? Put another way, what is the likelihood of Gettleman taking a quarterback to sit a year and a health risk with a big upside like Jeffrey Simmons with two of the three picks? Um, my guess is if they want to win, as they claim they do, they probably will want two out of those three picks to start this year. Ideally, you would want three of them to pick, you know, the three picks to start. But, you know, you do raise a good question. You do raise a, you know, um, you know, at some point you're going to need a quarterback. You're going to need probably need to spend a number one draft pick on that quarterback. 
But you're also going to want that guy to play, obviously. If you take an, a quarterback in, in the first round, you're going to want him to play sooner than later. So I can't help but wonder if they don't get their guy in the first round this year, will they maybe give up the farm next year with the idea that, you know, they're going to put a plan in place like they did when Eli was acquired, where they had, you know, a veteran on, on board in Kurt Warner. And Warner started, I think, the first 10 games or the first nine games. And then Eli came into the picture and, you know, has been the starter since. So that's what I could see happening uh, with regards to the quarterback. Next question comes from Freddie who wants to know if Greedy Williams is there at 17, do you see them pulling the trigger on him considering we don't know who the second starting cornerback is going to be? Um, no, I don't think it's going to be Greedy Williams, Freddie. I, I would be surprised if that's the guy they, they pick at 17. Again, I think it's going to be a defensive lineman at 6 and potentially an offensive tackle at 17. I think if they go cornerback, it'll be in the second round. Um, and I don't know necessarily if it's going to be Greedy Williams. I'm, I'm thinking if Rocky Sin is there, maybe that might be the pick. But um, as far as, you know, who the second starting cornerback is going to be, assuming they don't trade Norris Jenkins, he and Sam Beal are going to be your starters next year. You know, assuming they don't make any trades, like I said, and assuming there are no injuries that, you know, knock either of those guys out of action for any length of time. Marissa asks, do you think the Giants will draft a quarterback? And if so, in what round? And do you do happen to agree that Laletta is gone? Marissa, I'll take the second question first. No, I don't think Laletta is gone. I think what's going to happen is Laletta is going to compete for a roster spot with that draft pick and may the best man win. You know, I mean, look, last year he competed with Davis Webb and Alex Tanney, and we all know how that battle worked out. You know, Davis Webb was a third-round pick, Laletta a fourth-round pick, and who won out? It was it was Laletta. So I don't think you can automatically say that Laletta is gone. I think you, you can say that he's going to compete for his roster spot. He is not a lock. Uh, let's see, what was the first part of your question, what round do I think the Giants will take a quarterback? Mm, I don't know. I'm going to say probably by the fourth round, I would say they'll take it. I don't think it'll be first. I don't think it'll be second. It may be third. Um, I would say if it's not done by then, it, it, then we're probably looking at fourth. But I don't think they're going to go, you know, too deep into the draft there and not get a quarterback. I'd be surprised if that were the case. Uh, okay, next question comes from Giants Mets. NYK for life. Um, what are the chances the Giants trade up from 17 to select either Locke or Haskins? I don't see it happening. I think they, if they trade up, I don't think it's going to be for a quarterback. It could be, you know, for maybe another defensive player, or maybe an offensive tackle. Um, I don't see them trading up to get a quarterback in round one. Okay, next question comes from Neil K. If the Giants are not keen on Haskins, why aren't they putting it out there? So they are, so, wait, what? let me restart again. I'm sorry. If the Giants are not keen on Haskins, why aren't they putting it out there that they are as a smokescreen to get someone to jump them, pushing it down a defensive player? 
Neil, I, I don't think the Giants have come out and said who they're keen and who they're not keen of. I think that's just the interpretation of the media and the fans based on, you know, what they're seeing. So, you know, no one from the Giants, to my knowledge, has come out and said, oh, you know, we're not interested in Haskins or we're interested in this guy. And quite frankly, I don't expect anybody from the Giants to say that. So, you know, look, this this is the chance that people take in the draft. You know, you're going to you're going to play the odds. You're going to try and anticipate what your competition is going to do. But at the mean, at, at the central point of it is you have to pay attention to your own board and you have to stay true to your board, because the moment you deviate from it or you let somebody else influence what you might do is is the day you end up screwing up your draft. So I don't think it really matters to the Giants one way or another, you know, if people know for sure that they are interested in Haskins or they're not interested in Haskins. All right, folks, you're listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trainer. This is a Twitter Thursday. We have, still have about eight more questions to go, so we're going to take a quick break, come back, and answer them in segment three. So stay with us. Welcome back, Giant fans, to segment three of Twitter Thursday. We are answering your questions. As usual, you guys came through with dozens of great questions and really excited to answer all these so um, let's see what we have left we have about maybe seven or eight questions left and again if you don't hear your question that means that uh, it came in after I recorded this show it also could mean that you forgot to tag it ask P train so you know please try um, and, and make sure you use that ask P train tag that is how I'm going to find your questions or email them to me at LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. Another way to make sure that they get in front of me. So I uh, do appreciate your, your questions and let's continue on. Okay, so this comes from Robert Pafundi. Wants to know, where do you see the biggest surprise pick? Either position or player early in this draft. Um, this could be Giants specific or an NFL question. Okay, Robert, I'm going to answer uh, Giants specific because I, you know, I'm kind of studying the rest of the NFL, but I don't know each team's needs, obviously, as well as I know the Giants, since that is my beat. I'm going to say the biggest surprise pick is going to be tight end. I truly believe that the Giants are going to dip into this tight end class, and this is a very deep class for tight ends. Enough you know, draft analysts have told me that I've, you know, I've seen that in my own study of the class. Um, I do believe the Giants are going to draft a tight end. Now, where in the draft, you're probably wondering, I could see it happening early on day three. Um, there is an outside chance, maybe it happens in day four, because where they have multiple picks, uh, you know, and the, uh, I'm sorry, uh, let me start that one again. I could see it happening early in day three where they have the multiple picks. I think they have multiple fourth rounders. They have multiple fifth rounders. So I could see one of those picks uh, potentially going up to a tight end. Um, as far as day three, I'm, I'm sorry, day two, I'm not so sure they would go that early with a tight end. But, you know, I've had at least one person tell me not to rule it out, that there are some tight ends that the Giants are potentially interested in and it would kind of make sense I guess because you know Red Ellison is approaching the end of a contract in another year or two you know the cap numbers going up with him 
you know, is Scott Simonson going to be a long-term answer? I, I'm not so sure if that's going to be the case. I think he signed one year at a time or something like that. So really, you know, in, in an offense that relies so heavily on the tight end, I would not be stunned if the Giants go and, and draft the tight end and draft one, you know, fairly high, you know, or higher than I should say than what most people think will be the case. Next question comes from NYG fan in Charlotte. Another question from uh, that individual. Um, how relevant is it that the Giants have not met with Greedy Williams, Dalton Reisner, McGarry, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, Tillery Allen, and others spe speculated on mock drafts? It's not relevant at all. I mean, these are guys they probably met with at the, you know, the college all-star games or at the combine. I would not worry about that, you know, if I were you. It's, you know, I'm sure they've done their homework on these guys and they have a good idea who, you know, they're going to put on the board and where. So not to worry. Next question comes from Brian Keenan. What do you think it will take for the NFL to do an overhaul of their offseason, like having the draft before free agency? Uh, it's going to take really both sides to agree to it. And what I mean by both sides, that, that would be the players union and the management council. And, uh, you know, you're right. The players union might not like it because, look, now all of a sudden any potential holes or, or opportunities are going to get sopped up by the draft picks. So I don't know that they would ever approve it. I think it would be a great idea for the league. I wish they would do it that way. But... I would be very surprised that the players union ever agrees to that. Let's see. Next question comes from Southside 10-8, also known as Marbles 108. Wants to know, doing your evaluations, do you see any day three cornerbacks and safeties? Um, I am not fully done with that area yet. I'm still kind of working on that. But yes, I agree with you. I think there are certain gems and, and you know, some guys you could take flyers on in those in day three. Um, I, I'm going to, again, I will have a Giants mock draft as we get a little bit closer. And I'll do my best to try and make sense of it. But I don't have any names for you right now. All right. Next question comes from Robert Pafundi, Mr. Path. The perception I have read about Dave Gettleman is that he never moves back in a draft kicking the can. Has any anyone asked him why or if he's opposed to doing so philosophically? Um, to my knowledge, nobody's asked him. I think that's a good question. Um, the only thing I can think of is that he feels that, you know, there are, there's always going to be talent there. And, you know, if you move back, you potentially miss out on a guy you could have had a lot earlier. Um, but yeah, that, that is a good question. And, uh, I'll see if I can sneak that question in when, when Gettleman holds his, his, uh, draft presser that I think that's a valid question to ask. So, um, and I don't want to speak for the guy, but I'll, I'll see if I can get that in for you. Um, and then let's see, Mr. Path also has another question, a follow-up question. Where do you see, uh, okay, this, I'm sorry, this one we already answered. This was the surprise pick. So my bad, that was a duplicate. Okay, then the final question is from Barchi Man, who wants to know, why are so many obsessed with Saquon over a quarterback last year and drafting one high this year? Um, the only top 10 drafted quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl since 2000 are both named Manning. Um, 
let me see if I, let me just reread your question again real quick. Why are so many obsessed with of Saquon over a quarterback last year? Uh, I'll be honest with you, Barchi. I don't know why we're revisiting this. I mean, what's done is done. You know, you're always, you're never going to be able to please everyone. So you're going to have people that are going to complain about the fact that they took a running back ahead of a quarterback. I get that. You know, every, you know, everybody prefers a different cup of tea, a different flavor. Um, but what's done is done. And, and, and really, I don't see how anybody can, can sit there and say that the Giants made a mistake given the production and the promise that they got out of Saquon Barkley. I mean, you know, look, let's, let's look at the quarterbacks that were drafted last year. You know, uh, Baker Mayfield was off the board by the time the Giants were on the clock. So we're going to toss him out, out, out of the picture here. But, you know, Sam Darnold, the Jets finished, you know, with a worse record than the Giants. Okay, Josh Allen, if I'm not mistaken, I think he had some injury issues in Buffalo. Josh Rosen had some problems down in Arizona and hence now is potentially on the trade block. Um, Lamar Jackson, I think, is the only one out of the quarterbacks, you know, who were available after the Giants went on the clock at two who has any kind of success. So, you know. It's early, it's only been one year, but how can anybody sit there and, and still be bemoaning the fact that the Giants went with Saquon Barkley, who was, you know, the offensive rookie of the year over, you know, Darnold or, or Allen or Rosen? I, I mean, I just don't get it. But like I said, to each his own and, you know, everybody prefers a different cup of tea, I suppose. So, all right, folks, that concludes today's Twitter Thursday. Again, great show, great questions. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. I will have Mike Lombardi on the program. You will not want to miss this interview. Some really, really good stuff. And also just want to give you guys a heads up. Um, we over at Inside Football, which is a publication that I'm actually involved with. It does cover the New York Giants. You can find out more about it at InsideFootball.com. We're working on our Giants draft preview issue. And we've got some great, great prospects uh, and, and draft analysis that uh, we've done. It's going to be a 12-page issue. So obviously, we're not necessarily doing every draft pick. But what we are looking at is we're looking to, um, to add picks that we think are going to best fit the Giants' needs. So do give that a, you know, check that out. If you want more information about that, just drop me a line at Podcast at gmail.com. I can give you ordering information and even a special offer if you guys are interested in signing up for Inside Football. I think you guys will really like it. I really put a lot of time into Inside Football, um, give you a complete rookie mini camp report breakdown, um, try to be your eyes and ears around the team. So, you know, if you're, if you're not familiar with it, just drop us a line. Uh, we can send you a, a sample issue, show you what we did last year, and you can decide for yourself if you think it's, it's something you might want to, you know, look into further. All right, folks, on that note, we'll call it a show. Again, I want to thank you for your questions, for listening, and we'll be back with you tomorrow. So have a great day.